0: Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber.
1: Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about.
0: That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes, We have our community forum and Slack that you can join, and we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter.
1: So for just $7 a month, you can help support us, get the word out, and defeat the satanic global
0: elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 131 After Two Days. Now, here are your hosts, Scott and John. Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell,
1: and I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know.
0: We are seeing all kinds of things, John, that the world doesn't want us to know, but it seems like they're coming out. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's like a disclosure, a slow the, the,
1: things are being revealed. Yeah, there's a mothership. Yeah, <laughs> next to the Earth.
0: There you go. <laughs> exactly, and you know when you start hearing official channels. Uh-huh. Saying things that even five years ago they would have said, you're loony. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. Um, it's all being normalized. It's now. being
0: normalized. I think we're being prepared for something. Yeah. Another indication of uh, perhaps an, uh, a sign that we're getting closer uh-huh. to the end, the great deception, um, whatever. The is, it, is, it, is it bad to me to
1: say, man, I hope so? <laughs> <laughs> no, not bad I'm at getting, all. I'm starting to get old. I'm starting to break down. So, all right, let's do this. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, I, I think in the Bible, there is some hints mm-hmm. as to the timing of things. And we know that we can't know the day yeah. that the Lord's going to return. He said, so of that hour knoweth no man, yep. neither the uh, angels, but the Father only. But I do believe the Lord wants us to be aware of the times, or he wouldn't have written, of things to look for. Sure. Matthew 24 is about signs. And yeah. Paul said, you have no need that I write unto you about signs in the seasons because we're children of the day. But he says, be sober and watch. Okay. So it's like there was no more new signs to be given when Paul wrote that in uh, 1 Thessalonians. Okay. And therefore, there was no need to write it again because Christ had already spoken it.
1: And then, what's the passage in... Is it in Matthew where he, he says uh, wars and rumors of wars yeah. and things like that? And Matthew 24, well, that's, that's Jesus prophesying mm-hmm. what the end times are going to be like, right? Of course, you know, you could say that at any time in history. That's why it's hidden from us. But we always think it's now, right?
0: Exactly, so. yeah. Well, we're going to take uh, some verses of Scripture today. We've talked about this before, but never to the extent that I want to do today. And I'm going to apply it in more of a doctrinal sense okay. and see if we can come to some revelation in the scriptures, an unfolding of the timing of events that maybe. We are justified in thinking we're closer okay. to the end time. I'm sure I'll
1: have questions for you. I hope so. I'll try not to stop the podcast too much.
0: No, no. <laughs> uh, you you do what you do because that's why we want you here. <laughs> now, uh, before we begin, I want to thank all of our seekers that are mm-hmm. our premium subscribers. We uh, recently were on uh, Coast to Coast with George Nuri. Yep. And whenever that happens, we tend to get kind of a little boom yeah. of people interested in the podcast. So... There's some new seekers that have come on board because of that, and we're very grateful to all of you, the ones who've been with us for a while and the ones who are brand new. We're still catching up on the ones that have been with us for a while and giving them recognition. We try to do three every episode, and today's episode is going to be brought to you by Isaac E., Edwin P., and John L., all of whom joined us in November of last year. So we're almost catching up to 2023, John. That's right. That means
1: that means we have a lot of people supporting the show. So We, we you know, do. And you you don't want to just rip off 25 names a week. You want to mention yeah. three that really... So those are the three that sponsored this show.
0: That sponsored this show. And by the way, for all of our seekers, uh, our new website, BibleMysteriesPodcast.com, the members area is fully functioning, up and running. Love it. Uh, for you to join that. If you're a member of the Premium Podcast subscription, all you have to do is go create uh, an account, an email and a password to go into our members area. And we have two sections of the members area. One is called the Lanyap. Have you ever heard of that word before? I
1: know it's a... Some Louisiana term where you're from. It's like some Cajun thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And it's it's like the Cajun way of saying a baker's dozen. Okay. It's like a little something extra. Oh, ah, okay. You know? That's what it means. And so that's going to be an area where I will blog and do different things like that. The newsletter can be found there. Okay. Um, other things like that. And then our currently we have had up to this time the Slack community forum, and we're moving that to okay. the members area, which is called Seekers. Okay. And that was the name that you guys gave us, so we loved it, and we chose that for our premium subscribers. So the seekers area is where you can make general comments, ask Q&A questions. So Uh, no more slack? It will be going away. We're okay. keeping it open for a while till we get all the members. But out
1: everybody needs to move over to the website. Yeah, we
0: want you to move over from the from the Slack community forum to the members area of our website. Okay. Create your account. When you do so, it you request uh, access, and that comes to us in an email, and we grant you access. So give us a little time. It yeah. doesn't take, but uh, usually twenty four hours before we'll at- we'll respond to it. And incidentally, if you happen to be listening to this and you're not yet a premium subscriber but you've gone in and you've tried to make an account with the members area, you're not going to be able to get in. And that's because we're only allowed it's – a, it's a bonus content for the okay. premium subscribers. So you, you can still listen to all the all the free stuff that we have and you can go to the website, but you just can't join in the members area unless you subscribe.
1: So – and then real quick, just so – so if you're not a member, you can't go into the members only area if you're not but a if subscriber you, if you're yeah. not a subscriber but if you want to be a subscriber what is the path for that again
0: well if once you, you subscribe through supercast okay right so you can you subscribe from our website bible mysteries okay become a premium subscriber and when you do you're going to create your own account for the podcast itself gotcha okay and when you once you've done that though you can go back to the members area you can create you know it's going to ask you to log in mm-hmm. create you know create an account and then once you've done that, it will automatically send us an email stating Joe wants to be a member or wants okay. access to the thing. And then we just grant you the permission and then you're in. You can go in and say hi. And we encourage you to come make your comments, your thoughts known. Yeah. That's going to be our clearinghouse. That's our community.
1: Well, I've seen a lot of great um, email questions that have come in that you have put into the newsletter. I mean, really good questions. Yeah. And I also noticed that some of your responses are pretty at length. So, Hmm. um, that's a really great resource, but I I think that people need to understand that this is a nonprofit organization. We're not in this to generate money. Yeah. We're not getting paid. Um, True. and this is a ministry. So, um, we ask for everyone's support and the people that are supporting it now. Thank you so much. Yeah. Amen. And the best thing you can do is share it with other people. Right. And if you're out there and you're listening to it I mean, consider subscribing, becoming a seeker, because it only is going to help us get the word out to other people who need to hear it.
0: That's right. And we have a goal of 500 subscribers by the end of this year. We're hoping to reach that goal. and We're moving forward. It's little steps, baby steps. Sometimes people have to leave. Maybe their financial situation changed or, or whatever. Yeah, or cred- maybe they listened and they found. Well, credit, not cards,
1: credit cards get hacked all the time. This happens to me at least oh, once nice a year. Too. And then you have to change all your auto pay bills <laughs> and everything. Yeah. It's so annoying, right, when your HBO subscription doesn't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. you need to make sure you update uh, your credit card information if you want to continue to get that the members access.
0: That's true. And if you do get, a, um, uh, if there's a problem with the credit card, the the Supercast hosts our premium subscription. They'll send you an email letting you know, hey, you need to update your information or whatever. That's good. So check your junk folders. That's when one thing people are not realizing is that they may have filters on that. If they don't know them, it goes into their spam. Yeah. So check yeah. your spam folder from time to time because you might get multiple um, requests to say, Hey, we don't want to cancel your subscription, but your card wouldn't work this time yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, um, but it's very rare that that happens. So just keep an, keep an eye out for it and just keep an eye out for the fact that the, um, where we have been putting the newsletter in through an email going out to the subscribers from mm-hmm. captivate. Yeah. Now that email is going to be posted in the members area. So you'll, okay. or the newsletter rather, so you'll be able to go to the newsletter and read it right there online. Awesome yeah trying to get it up with the times, you know <laughs> trying to keep up with the, the demand out there and technology
1: and then one day people will be able to buy
0: these shirts yeah, the, the once we get the door is coming yeah. the store is coming it just takes a lot of work, and believe it or not, like John said, we we work regular jobs, so we, we can't do this full time yet and and if should the Lord open that door, that's great, but till then we're going to do what we can when we can, and there's only yep. so many hours in a day, but it's coming, so keep praying for us. And John, let's dive into the episode today after two days. Okay. So I think there's something in a passage of Scripture. I've referred to this before, uh, but I think the fundamental missing, the reason this is missed is because I think too many Christians and churches are unaware of the distinct national salvation program that was offered to Israel as a nation during Christ's earthly ministry. Okay. They tend to blend everything together. And there was there's reason to blend everything the Lord said into everything we do. But we also need to rightly divide the word of truth and recognize where he specifically mentioned something directed to a promise made to Israel that we can't claim yeah. as the church, the body of Christ. And so after Israel's national leaders blasphemed the Holy Spirit in Matthew 12... Okay. And uh, we've talked about that before. Jesus was casting out devils, Mm -hmm. and the Pharisees accused him of casting them out by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And he gave a statement about blasphemy. And from the next chapter forward, Matthew 13, he started speaking in parables. And he said, uh, when the disciples asked him, why are you doing this? He said, "Uh, it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but unto them it is not given. So parables were spoken hmm. to hide the truth, not to manifest it, not to explain it.
1: Hmm. Okay. A lot of
0: churches think, oh, he told parables to illustrate the point. Even the the series The Chosen, which is a very well done yeah, it um, is. dramatic portrayal of the life of Jesus, treating him, treating him as he comes up with these parables to, so people can understand. But that's not why he taught parables. He taught parables because they rejected him and it was not allowed for them to know. And they're hmm. missing that point in the chosen. Okay. But but that, again, that's that's a, the, the reason why I made the statement <clears throat> that too many Christians are unaware of the national salvation program. So the kingdom of God went to a mystery form at that point, from thirteen on Matthew thirteen. Okay. On, and the times and the seasons were concealed. Okay. Because it could have been that if Israel had re- accepted Jesus Christ as Messiah, that they would have gone right into the time of Jacob's trouble. Okay. But since they didn't, we didn't know that there would be almost a 2,000-year period of time, some could call it a gap, Yeah. some could call it the dispensation of grace,
1: mm-hmm. where
0: the Lord would return to where he came from and wait for Israel to do something. Okay. And we're going to talk about that today. So the question is, is: There a cryptic passage of Scripture that's letting us know we're in the last days? And I think there is. All right. So we're going to, going to go right. Good there to, here then. Yeah, we're going to go right there to Hosea chapter six. Hosea is right after the book of Daniel for those of you that might be trying to follow along, and we're going to jump right into the focal passage because this is where I get my title from. Okay. So it's Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, and to me, the context is Israel replying to the Lord. Now, we'll get to what he said in a moment, but they're saying, come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Then we shall know if we Follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. So you can see there's a context of the return of Christ here. Yeah, He shall come unto us, the second coming. And I'm interested in the phrase, after two days, he will revive us. In the third day, we shall live in his sight. So what are the two days after which Israel is revived? Okay. And we're going to see if we can get the Bible to tell us the understanding. Now, to back up a little bit and recognize there's something about a national salvation program, I'm not just pulling that out of the hat. Okay. I'm basing that on something Jesus Christ commanded the 12 in Matthew chapter 10. So if you'll read there with me in chapter 10, verse 5, after listing the names of the 12 apostles, it says, These 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles. And into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Churches miss this. Hmm. That is so specific and so explicit. How do we miss that? He specifically commanded the twelve not to go to Gentiles.
1: Yeah.
0: Only to Israel. And their message was the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this was not something new. This was something Israel was expecting.
1: So you're saying if they had uh, followed Jesus at that time and accepted Him as the Messiah, we would have immediately gone into the millennium millennium period. Yeah, Does the kingdom of heaven. All of the Proph- of yeah, okay.
0: all of the prophetic scriptures that related to the seven years of tribulation would have had to have occurred.
1: Yeah, and okay. then we
0: would have gone into the second coming and everything else. Hmm. So, um, and and obviously we can't. Speculate since he was rejected, yeah but we're we're saying that time wise if he was offering the kingdom and it was at hand, then it must have been close by, yeah, and Israel was being offered that kingdom, and they knew what it meant. the gentiles didn 't know what that was because that had never been promised to them, yeah, Israel was promised the kingdom, so they rejected the king, mm-hmm. therefore the kingdom was postponed, yeah, the king was sent on exile, and in fact. Uh, a lot of people say, well, they just didn't understand uh, because later on, like in Matthew 28, he says, go you there for and teach all nations. But that's not actually happening now. We're claiming it as the Great Commission, and that's fine. I have no problem with people carrying out the gospel of grace to all nations because that's what we're called to do. Yeah. But was is this the fulfillment of that passage? Most people claim it is, the Great Commission. And it is a great commission. But look in Acts chapter 1, and you'll see that they fully expected, they being the 12 who were told not to go to Gentiles, fully expected after the Lord returned that the kingdom would come in.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: I mean, he was preaching for three and a half years. It's at hand. It's at hand. So after he rose from the dead and before he sent it up, he appeared to the 12 in Acts chapter 1. Verse 6 says, When they therefore were come together, and this would be the disciples, Okay. They asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Remember when he died, they thought, oh, we've lost. We've wasted our time. We, yeah. we, we thought he was the Messiah. Then he rose from the dead. and yeah. they went, Oh, great. You are alive. You are the Messiah. You're going to bring the kingdom in now? Isn't that the logical question to ask? Isn't that what they were sure. preaching for three and a half years, yeah. right? Yeah. But look at his answer, verse 7. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know. The times or the seasons, which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And he's referring to Pentecost, which would happen 50 days later. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. Now, Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth would include the nations and the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Well, they were specifically told not to go to those in Matthew 10. Now he's telling them they will go, but look at the order. Jerusalem first, then Judea, then Samaria.
1: And Judea Would Judea be the the entire nation of Israel? No. What does that represent?
0: Because it, it represents Judah and okay. Benjamin, the two tribes. Okay. And that was considered Judah. But Israel, the rest of the 10 tribes, were con- called Samaria.
1: Okay, okay.
0: And even they were not counted at first. In other words, it had to be the, the, the last faithful region, so to speak, that had not turned away to idolatry, even though they did. Uh, he was brought to them. He, that's why he did his ministry focused okay. in Judea. Uh, he did preach in some of the other areas, but he wasn't just preaching to everybody. Yeah. He was preaching to the Gentiles. Me, that's another thing that changed. Can I ask a
1: dumb on. question because you may have already mentioned this. Sure. This is after the crucifixion? Yes. And resurrection. That he That he is now meeting with the apostles. And okay. before he send it up. Yeah. He
0: spent 40 days with them. Okay. Yeah, talking to them.
1: So that and makes more sense that he would be saying, go to all of the earth.
0: Well, yes, the- but there's an order. And what I'm saying is he's telling them that they will do this. Okay. But if the order is correct, and he even said back in Matthew 10, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man become.
1: Okay.
0: So if we take Israel as a whole, both Judah or Judea and Samaria, and we put them together. That's the whole of the 12 tribes. Okay. And he says, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. This, by the way, is Matthew ten twenty three. What do you think that means? You shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. Now, so he hasn't I'm died sorry. yet. We're backing up to when he commanded them to go forth.
1: Yeah. So he tells I'm, them
0: that statement. What do you I'm, I'm
1: assuming he's saying you shouldn't be preaching to them until... I guess after the resurrection
0: close you're you're almost dead on okay but what he was saying was you will not have covered all the cities of Israel before I return ah okay so you're you're dead on with the with the thought process yeah but he was simply letting them know you're going to go to all nations but you will not have finished your ministry in Israel before I come back okay so <laughs> that tells me that the timing of go ye therefore unto all nations is after he comes back. And when you think about it, the kingdom of heaven is the thousand-year reign of Christ. You said it right a moment ago. In that time, Israel will be restored as a nation. And you know what they're called? A kingdom of priests. Hmm. And when Israel is restored to be a kingdom of priests, you know what they're going to do? They're all going to know the Lord. They've got yeah. salvation. They are now back in one accord so, with the Father. So
1: that'll be a thousand year reign of Christ on the earth in Jerusalem, right? From Jerusalem, from, from the New Jerusalem, right? No, no, no,
0: not not the city that comes down. Oh, it's That's not after that. the thousand years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, He's on Jerusalem on the earth. Okay, where David's throne was. Let me
1: ask you another question. It, so, believers that are caught up in the rapture, then, do you believe? And this may be off topic of the of what we're talking about here, but do you believe that those believers are on the earth in the thousand year
0: absolute millennium?
1: Okay, so, absolutely. So the rapture doesn't take people up to heaven. It does, and the, it does. But yeah. then they can't. They come back. Yeah. Okay. Wow.
0: The Lord shall return with ten thousands of his saints. Yeah. To execute judgment in the book of Jude.
1: So would that be the final battle, the battle of Armageddon, to come back and execute? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. And, and not the final, final battle after the end of the thousand years. There's another Gog and Magog okay. uprising. But it's, it's the time in which the Lord returns, defeats the Antichrist, throws him into the lake of fire. Okay. Binds Satan for a thousand years in the bottomless pit. And rules over the nations with a rod of iron. We will be there to help in that reign. Wow. But Israel will be the head of the nations. And is that a
1: newly recreated earth? Not yet. Not yet. Okay.
0: It's going to be restored during that time after the devastation that takes place.
1: But it's not the new earth. Wow.
0: It will be a picture of the new earth, but it's not the new earth yet.
1: Okay, so I had a lot of questions around that, and I I would hope that other people have the same question. But I just didn't know if, as believers, we're raptured up into heaven, if we stay in heaven. But you're saying that, no, we come back down to earth to live on the earth for the thousand-year
0: Yes, and there's, Millennium a, there's a group that teaches that we do stay in the third heaven and never come back to the earth. Yeah. And you and I are familiar with that group, mm-hmm. but I don't believe that's true. Hmm. Okay, uh, Because the Bible says we shall uh, um, be caught up to meet the Lord in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Well, we're going to be wherever he is. Hmm. Okay. He comes back. So yeah, yeah. that's just a misunderstanding Very interesting. of the passage. Yeah. So the point here is that the 12 were expecting the kingdom to be offered right then and there. Is it, are you now going to restore the kingdom? And Christ says, it's not for you in other times. Go do what I commanded you to do. Okay. And they would eventually go to Gentiles, but not without Peter being you know, uh, wrestled into it, so to speak. Okay. You know, when he went to Cornelius. So that's another story. But I'm trying to get people to understand that the national salvation program of Israel was put on hold. It was not for them to know the times. They continue to preach to Israel. And even Paul went to the Jew first. Yeah. But ultimately, he's called the the apostle of the Gentiles. Now, getting back to the prophecy of after two days, now that we understand just a brief summary of the pause in the program, how long is that pause? Okay. Okay. And does that have anything to do with the two days? because the pause is between when Christ was rejected and and ascended up to the Father and when he will return. Okay. There's a passage of scripture that that refers to that in Hosea 15, or Hosea 5 rather. So we go back to the book of Hosea and as I stated earlier, chapter 6 where we read in verse 1 is Israel's reply to the Lord's response or their response to the Lord's statement which is in Hosea 5.15, read it. I will go and return to my place till they, Israel, Mm -hmm. acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. And then the next statement is, come, let us return to the Lord. So Israel is the they. Hmm. Jesus Christ is, I will go and return to my place. This prophetic passage shows the rejection of Christ as king by the nation Israel. Yeah. We will not have this king to reign over us. Give us Caesar, they said. Then he was rejected, crucified, raised again the third day. Jesus ascended up to the Father, and he awaits Israel's national confession. So one of the indicators of the time in which the Lord is going to come back is clearly they need to acknowledge their
1: offense. How does that happen? A, a, a national confession? What does, yeah. that, what does that even mean? Is that like is that just a group of like a majority of the people of, of Israel saying, hey, he was the Messiah, they acknowledge that?
0: Yeah, I believe Or is, is it
1: some kind of, I don't know, political statement, you
0: know? Well, you get into a very murky area here. Okay. Because on the one hand, there are many evangelical Christians that believe that in 1947, when or 1948, whenever it was, that yeah. Israel became recognized as a nation again by the UN, that that was God manifesting his purpose and plan for them.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, and yet, they do not acknowledge Messiah nationally.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, they're they're practically a, uh, except for the Orthodox Jews, they're practically atheistic. You know, they have traditions, they tie back.
1: Concerning Jesus, but con- not God.
0: Well, even concerning God, when you talk about. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, when you talk to a lot of Jews, there's sort of like, not a real bona fide faith. Now, there are Orthodox Jews that have a real faith. There are Messianic Jews uh-huh. that believe in Messiah, that believe in Christ. You know,
1: They just uh, don't believe that Jesus was the
0: Messiah. The Messianic Jews do. They do, yeah, okay. They believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Okay. And so they, they still identify in their Jewish nationality, mm-hmm. but uh, they they do believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And so I think... It's a great question, because who is Israel? Is it mm-hmm. the nation that was formed in 1948, or is it just the Messianic Jews? Yeah. You know, and if that's the case, they're not necessarily only in the land of Israel. They're all over the world. Yeah. Now, they're small in number, or maybe they're growing. Um, uh, we, we don't know. Um, that's not something the media is ever going to report. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. a, a, an explosion of Jews believing in Jesus. That would never make the front page yeah. know, if, it's, if it's happening. So it could be something like that, or it could be something's going to occur in that nation that is physically called Israel today that is going to turn all of them around to believing in the Messiah. Huh. And so I'm not sure what it is. but so we don't he, know. And he does say in the uh, end of verse uh, 15, in their affliction, they will seek me early.
1: Yeah, sounds like some catastrophic event right there. Could it
0: be that there's going to be an attack on the nation? Yeah. And maybe that's what Gog and Magog is all about in Ezekiel 39. Hmm. You know, that it's going to cause Israel to come to a point of confession. Now, I mentioned this back in 1 Thessalonians, so let's go read it so that we have the proper context. But it's chapter 5. Because Paul said these words, and we'll start reading in verse 1.
1: Thessalonians after Colossians? It yes, is. Okay. it is
0: after Colossians and and, uh, and Philippians. Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians. There we go. Yep, and then chapter 5, verse 1 says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Now that would sort of match what Jesus said. It is not for you to know the times mm-hmm. yeah. or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But he did say later in Matthew 24 to watch, to look up, to see this sign, to that sign. What will be the sign of thy coming, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, he okay. didn't say that later, rather. He said that before uh, Acts chapter 1. So he must not have been referring to the uh the fact that there would be signs for the apostles to look for. He was referring to, you're not going to know the specific hour. Okay. But here's what he did say uh, Paul writes, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Over and over again in the scripture, the tribulation of Israel is likened unto a woman giving birth. Yeah. So that's what he's referring to. Verse 4. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Hmm. so wouldn't that be contradictory for him to say it, of the times of the seasons, you have no need that I write unto you as if that meant because you're not going to need to know them you're not going to need to be involved in that and then turn around and say let us watch and be sober Yeah. so there, therefore when he says you have no need that I write unto you can't mean because you're not going to be involved it must mean something else and then he says in verse 2, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. What he's saying is, you don't know the hour.
1: Yeah,
0: We can't know the hour. He's going to come like a thief in the night. But he said, you know this perfectly. Well, how did they know this perfectly? It must have been taught before. Yeah. Somebody must have said it. Hmm. To them, and in fact, it was Jesus who said as much. I think
1: verse three is very interesting too. But it says, <clears throat> "When they shall say peace and safety, it's almost like there's a time when there's no uh, whatever war or anything going on, and peace and safety, and then utter or sudden destruction comes. It's like wow, a surprise attack or something. Yeah. Like isn't
0: that interesting that you would say that sucker
1: punch comes out of the back or something?
0: What if the peace and safety comes because in the coming deception? the so-called aliens, yeah, the fallen angels come down and they say, we've got the technology to bring you all at peace. Maybe there's going to be almost a nuclear war like we're about to have now. yeah. And they come down to stop it. And they say, follow us. We'll bring you peace and safety. And yet all that brings about the, the government of the antichrist, the mark of the beast. And the next thing you know, the Lord is starting to come back. We'll, we'll see some of that when we That's start kinda talking That's kind of interesting, because that
1: would mean that the rapture kind of in that verse would be kind of right there in the middle of that verse, right? You have peace and safety. No, I guess it would be before that, it'd wouldn't be it? It would be before that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think the rapture, another reason I believe the rapture will happen before the time of the seven years is because we got to be taken out of the way Yeah. for this to start happening. Because if they're going to claim, right now Christians are being attacked and othered. And we're mm-hmm. going to be pretty, it's not going to be long before we're accused for every evil in the world. Yeah. yeah. Just as they persecuted them in Rome, this is the modern Roman Empire.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: ultimately, when we're removed, they're going to say the elder, whatever, the took, aliens. Took them to fix them. Took them, yeah. They were bent <laughs> and they need to be They need to be repaired, you know. <laughs> so now go with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. All of this would basically mean nothing. If it weren't for this passage of scripture, and we've said this time and time again, but it bears repeating to make the point. So 2 Peter chapter 3, and notice verse, um, uh, actually, before we get to the uh, verse 8, well, let's read verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. Keep that thought in the back of your mind. Because we're going to equate a day with a 1,000 years, and we're talking about two days. Yeah. Could that be 2,000 years? Yeah. Now, skip down to verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That's just what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5. Mm -hmm. Ye yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. And so here's Peter saying it, too. So they must have heard it from somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. All right? But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the, which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. And I think all the stuff that burns up in the book of Revelation is part of the purging and cleansing. Okay. of, the, of the, Not the new earth, but the earth that we live on now for the thousand-year reign of Christ. Verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved... What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. So they look for new heavens and a new earth. The thousand reign of Christ is not that.
1: Mm -hmm. It's
0: before that, but it's ultimately there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Now, where did... Peter and Paul get the idea that the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night. It seems odd to equate the Lord with a thief. Yeah. Because he's the Lord.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Why
0: would he steal, right? So they get it from Matthew 24. We've already alluded to it several times now, so let's go to the horse's mouth. Now, Paul said, watch and be sober. We just read that. 1 Thessalonians 5. Peter said, we do look for Mm
1: -hmm. some
0: things. So watching, right? And then Matthew 24, Jesus is telling the disciples what to look for. And he says in verse 42, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Okay, so we're referring to the second coming, and we can't know the hour. But he gives us a hint, verse 43, but know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would not have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up.
1: Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about.
0: That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart.
1: To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com.
0: Thanks. Well, there's the reference to the thief coming to break up the house. Christ referred to this. Now, both Peter and Paul said the Lord's coming is as a thief in the night. So this is where they got it from. Yeah. All right. Okay. But watch what he says. Verse 44, therefore be ye also ready for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. An indication, again, you asked about are we coming back to reign on the earth? Well, there's something to this. Because there's a special blessing on those that are faithful in waiting for the Lord to come. Okay. And they're going to be made rulers.
1: Hmm.
0: Verse 48. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him. And in an hour that he is not aware of and shall cut him asunder and appoint him as portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I think there's a specific reference here to the, the nation Israel, but it it still shows that there's going to be a dividing that takes place when the Lord comes back yeah. between the faithful servants and the ones that are not. But is if both Peter and Paul were directing the saints to Christ's words in Matthew 24, about the thief in the night, then we need to take a closer look at this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we see something about the goodman and the house being broken up. Yeah. Whose house is broken up? Right? And who's the goodman? And the word goodman means the, the one who's the steward of the house. Okay. The one who's making sure everything's secure. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, we get a hint of that in chapter 12. And incidentally, this goes all the way back to when he was accused of blasphemy. This was the pivotal turning point of Jesus's earthly ministry to Israel. Because he was speaking openly when he started. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek.
1: Yeah.
0: On and on. Uh, If the law said uh, an eye for an eye, I say turn the other cheek. That was not a parable. Mm
1: -hmm. He
0: was speaking openly and clearly about the kingdom of heaven. When they blasphemed him, he started speaking in a cryptic fashion.
1: Okay, the parables? Yeah.
0: yeah. I, Timothy Alberino says the Bible is an intentionally esoteric book. It's written in a way to hide some truth. And, and this is why, hmm. because of the parables, because of God not wanting the enemy to understand what he's doing. Okay. And unbelievers are part of the enemy. Yeah. Okay, so Matthew 12, look in verse 29. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? Well, there's the house. Yeah. All right? In the verse before, he said, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. But he was talking about if Satan casts out Satan, how can his kingdom stand? Okay. Back in verse 26. So, why switch the subject, talking about Satan's kingdom and the kingdom of God, to talk about a house being robbed. Verse 29, or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. And he goes on to talk about blasphemy. Hmm. The strong man is Satan. Okay. He's the good man of the house. He's trying to make sure it's secure. We're behind enemy lines. Yeah. You know, the, the fallen angels surround the earth and are the prince of the power of the air. Yeah. The spiritual wickedness in high places. So Christ is the thief. He's coming to spoil the strong man's house. And how's he going to do that? Except first he bind him. Yeah. What does the Lord do with the devil when he comes back?
1: Um. He casts him down to the pit, right?
0: Right. In chains. Yeah.
1: He binds him. Binds him for a thousand years? Yes,
0: exactly. So, after being accused of casting out devils by Beelzebub, Jesus makes this cryptic statement and he's spoiling a strong man's house. Yeah. And how is that connected to casting out devils? Because that's what he just did. He cast out some devils. Mm -hmm. See, there's a picture here of something, and it's a picture of the end time. So, another indicator is a proliferation or explosion of demonic activity yeah, and the strong man needing to be bound. Well, there was an explosion of demonic activity in the time of Jesus's earthly ministry. There's going to be another one before he returns. And we're going to talk about that in a future episode
1: seems like it's going on right now, isn't
0: it? Uh, we're going to go into more detail. Okay.
1: <laughs> Am I jumping ahead? All right. Uh,
0: well, no, not here. Yeah. We're yeah. going to talk about the in another episode. Uh, proliferation yeah. of demonic activity in another episode. Yeah. Yeah, and focusing on that. But I'm just mentioning it now to see the connection of time. Okay. So go to Luke 11, which is the parallel passage of what we just read. We get a little more details here in verse 17. But he, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said unto them, and he's speaking to the the, uh, Pharisees. It's the same time frame as the the accusal of blasphemy. He said, uh, and by the way, he just uh, mentioned casting out devils. Verse 17, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, he has a house, Mm -hmm. a kingdom, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. Hmm. The Pharisees had sons that were casting out devils.
1: I've never seen that before. Yeah. Or maybe I've read that and not even thought about it. That's yeah, It makes amazing. you
0: wonder, what power were they using? Yeah,
1: what is going on there?
0: He says, verse 20, but if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. He said, this is a sign you should know better. You know, you know your sons are failing in what they're doing. If they're casting out devils, I believe they were probably using witchcraft. Yeah, to bind them. You know, because uh, they didn't know the truth of the Lord. He said, "You're of your father, the devil." Hmm. So that tells me something about the sons of the ones casting out devils. Yeah, there, there was more going on than people realized. It was a cult. But if I cast out devils, not being a part of the occult then with the finger of God, then no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. And then watch verse 21. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace, when they shall say peace and safety. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him, the Lord is stronger than Satan. And overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. The Lord is coming back to spoil the devil's kingdom. Isn't Hmm. that something? Yeah. He's going to spoil him. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself and they enter in and dwell there and the last day of that man is worse than the first. I believe that's an analogy to Israel. Christ hmm. came casting out devils in Israel. Yeah. He cleaned the house. The devil came in and now controls the house. The came, whole
1: world came back with seven more, right? Yeah,
0: but and then seven more worse than himself. And to me, I'm what I'm saying is seven. Why seven? Yeah. Seven years of tribulation. The time of Jacob's trouble. Hmm. And before the Lord comes back, Israel's going to be seven times more demon-possessed oh, wow. okay. than they were when Christ came, and the whole world. Okay. But in, in particular, the focus is on Israel, because he's still dealing with the national salvation program. And that's one of the reasons why I believe Jerusalem is mystery Babylon. The apostate Jerusalem, not the, not the godly Jerusalem. Okay. Yeah, the one that turns and worships Baal and the Antichrist. Okay. Hmm. So when we tie it together, Christ is the thief that comes in the night, the strong man is Satan, Christ will bind him and spoil his kingdom, which the kingdom Satan has, he received from men. Man gave yeah. him the dominion yeah. because the dominion was given to man. Hmm. And that's why Christ said when he tempted Jesus, all this power will I give unto thee for it is delivered unto me.
1: Yeah. You know, okay. Rome
0: delivered it unto Saturn or yeah. Jupiter or whatever, you know, whatever God, he went by that name. So go to Romans 13 and to, to wrap this up. Well, no, not to wrap it up. We're not even close to wrapping
1: it up. I was like, "We're going to wrap it up already?
0: You know, we may have to make this a part two.
1: Well, we'll see what happens.
0: I hadn't planned on it, but...
1: You tell me stop asking questions I want to have to go to part two. <laughs> My wife's going to get mad at me again. She's like, you guys do that all the time, do a part two. I don't want to wait another week.
0: <laughs> well, and then we just have to make them 60, you know, 70 minutes long. <laughs> and, and you would go back and forth on that, you know. My wife says, it shouldn't be longer than 45 minutes. <laughs>
1: And then my wife's getting mad at me because we're making part two. She doesn't get mad at me. She's going to get mad at me for saying that over and over again.
0: But they have a language, don't they, right? Because, like, why do wives say, and you're about to go out, is that what you're wearing?
1: (laughs) That's a a big mistake, man.
0: (laughs) Why don't they just say, don't wear that. It doesn't match. I mean, that's easier for me to comprehend, right? Our brains just don't think that way, you know. I'm sorry. I'm a simple man. Romans 13, verse 11, Paul writes, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Hmm. Now, he wrote this 2,000 years ago, but it's true. And verse 12, The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Okay, interesting. The night is far spent. Christ will come as a thief in the night. It's a spiritual night he's talking about. Where Israel's concerned, they've been in darkness for 2,000 years. We've yeah. talked about the blinding of Israel in Romans 11. Blindness in part is to Israel till the fullness of the Gentiles become in.
1: Okay.
0: The fullness of the Gentiles, I think, has to do with the fulfilling of the times of the Gentiles, mm-hmm. which is the ten kings and the Antichrist. Okay. They'll be the last Roman Empire to uh, oppress Israel before the Lord returns. And verse uh, 13, let us walk uh, oh, verse 12, the night is far spent the days at hand, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Paul said, we're children of light, not of, the, not of the night. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering, hopping from bedchamber to bedchamber, and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So when Jesus left this world, the spiritual night descended okay. upon Israel. And the world, in a sense, but we're the light of the world now. We have the gospel. We that are the saints of God. Okay. So the world is in blindness. Israel is definitely in blindness, and we're, we're ambassadors for Christ. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Go to John 9. John chapter 9. We're going to tie in Jesus' words. And notice verse 1. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? We talked about this. Yeah, sins of the Father. Yeah. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now, we didn't read the rest of this under the sins of the Father. Verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So when Paul said, the night is far spent, the day is at hand, the spiritual night is what he's talking about. Okay. Now, it still doesn't remove the formula of a day with the Lord as is a thousand years. But it tells us that Israel's in spiritual night nationally. And the light is Christ and he was removed. He went, I will return to my okay. place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's waiting for their confession. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. And we might be able to wrap this up. Verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, Peter says, of the scriptures. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. You know who the day star is? It's Jesus Christ. He's the bright and morning (coughs) star. The Bible right now is our light until the Lord returns, the hope of the gospel. But we're waiting on the Lord to return. We've got the scriptures to be our light, a more sure word of prophecy. And we take heed to it until the day dawn. Hmm. When the Lord comes back, it's the dawning of the day.
1: Okay. Which Uh, is... The third day.
0: Yeah. There we go. Yeah, after two days. And the third day, we shall live in his sight. Okay. There you go. You're putting it together with... Uh, Hosea 6. Okay. So, and speaking of the the analogy, is all about time. Day, night, yeah. dawning of the day, and then the, the thief coming in the night and the strong man is Satan. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the darkness on Israel because they rejected Messiah. I'll go return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and they can see again. In their affliction, they'll seek me early. Mm-hmm. Something's going to come to afflict the nation.
1: So do you believe that we will see, I guess if I'm putting this together correctly, We will see the turning of Israel back to Christ.
0: We may not. If we're
1: alive, right? But because that happens pre-rapture, right?
0: We may not. It may be the rapture is one of the catalytic events. Okay. Or catalytic, one of the uh, occurring events.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Stuff to make things happen. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That makes Israel go, whoa.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe there's something about that. I don't know. Right? We're, yeah, yeah. we're only guessing. But could it be the rapture happens after they come to their senses? I would argue we have to be taken out of the way before God starts dealing with them as a nation again. Mm-hmm. I would argue that we're going to leave perhaps during the middle of the battle of God May Magog. Okay. That there's a there's a confederated group of nations that attacks Israel. And as the world is focused on that...
1: Okay, I now thought I thought you said that the ba- Battle of Gog and Magog was after the millennial... There's two. Millenn- okay, there's two of them, okay.
0: Two battles of Gog and Magog, one before the Tribulation begins, and one at the end of the Thousand Year Do you reign.
1: think, I don't want to speculate here, but World War III, as we're being teed up for right now, could potentially be that first Battle of Gog and Magog? I do. Wow, so if that thing really heats up, right? Yeah. There's a good if we're speculating or trying to guess the rapture, which we can't because it says you don't know the day or the time, right? Yeah.
0: Well, we didn't it say we didn't be... know the day or the time of the rapture. We don't know the day or the time the Lord returns. I don't know that we oh. know. I don't have a date for the rapture either.
1: either yeah. yeah. But it could potentially be if, if, and I'm just throwing darts here, but or, or throwing ideas out there. But if we get into the middle of World War III and it, things go nuclear, there could be, you know, that could be the time the restrainer gets taken out. Correct.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that because in the Battle of Dog and Magog in Ezekiel 39, it refers to the Lord raining down fire on them that dwell carelessly in the isles. Could that be, you know, the United States? Go to Malachi huh. 4 before we get too far off on that tangent. We're talking about the light of the world is Jesus Christ. He's coming back to bring the day of the Lord. When he comes back, he returns with the light. The day dawns. Okay. All right. Malachi chapter 4, verse 1, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, what Peter was talking about. We just read in Second Peter. Hmm. And all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name... Shall the sun, capital S-U-N, of righteousness, when the day dawns, what appears on the horizon?
1: Okay, yeah.
0: The sun. sun. The sun of righteousness is a reference to Jesus Christ. He shall arise like the sunrise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Here's the third day. Okay. After two days, they shall live in, or uh, we shall, after two days, he he shall revive us into the third day, we shall live in his sight. Okay. So it seems like after two days, Israel's going to be revived to wake up and to realize what they did, what happened. And when you look at the analogy, and this is just pure speculation. Okay. But if we go back to Genesis 2, and we see God's creation. Verse one, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them the six days since the earth was without form and void. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Now, Hmm. I'm not trying to say that the six days of creation were 6,000 years. I don't believe that. They were 24-hour days. Huh, okay. But on the seventh day of creation, God rested, and he sanctified it later and said, keep the Sabbath. Sabbath is seven. Mm-hmm. So the seventh day was the day of rest, but it's a picture of the thousand-year reign of Christ, the day of the Lord. Okay. All right? It's a thousand years. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. What if we took this as a formula as well? Along with Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Okay. And we said, six literal days the Lord created heaven and the earth and rested on the seventh day. It is a picture of his prophetic timeline. Six thousand years from when he began this creation, which okay. I call restoration. You know.
1: Okay, yeah, because you're but saying the earth was destroyed and rebuilt. Yeah. Okay. But let's
0: say Adam created on the sixth day. <laughs> okay. Okay. So six thousand years later. We're to this point in time, okay, from Adam to Christ was four thousand years, okay. if we follow the genealogy of the Bible as best we can,
1: is that give or take a couple hundred oh, years yeah. or okay yeah.
0: well, not hundreds, give or take a ten
1: really okay, yeah. so and you get that information by tracking all of the genealogy, yes, okay,
0: yeah, so if we do it that way, Adam to Christ four thousand years, Christ to today nearly two thousand years, yeah. Jesus Christ was crucified in A.D. 33. I'm well aware we're on a Julian calendar. Okay. I understand that the Hebrew calendar was different, but they're not that far off. Because every
1: month in the Hebrew calendar is 30 days.
0: Correct. And then every seventh year, they had a 13th month.
1: Oh, okay. Because
0: they're on a lunar calendar and the Julian calendar is a solar calendar. Gotcha. So it comes out roughly the same. So it's not off by hundreds of years.
1: Yeah. It could
0: be, but it's probably more off by like within plus or minus five to ten years.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Right. Now, so on the seventh day of creation, God rested. The writer of Hebrews says we labor to enter into that rest. Go to Hebrews chapter four. Okay. The rest he speaks of is not just Sunday or Saturday. You know, people want to quabble. About uh, uh, or squabble rather about when the Sabbath is. It's the yeah. thousand-year reign of Christ.
1: Hmm.
0: Paul said, "Let man know, no man judge you in meat or drink or respect of a holy day or new moon of the Sabbaths." In Colossians two. So I get letters sometimes from people saying, "You're wrong about the Sabbath." You know, <laughs> take it up with Paul. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Hebrews chapter four, verse one. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Jesus Christ said, I am Lord of the Sabbath. You know, uh, in Luke 6, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. You know, uh, he said unto them that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath, because they accused him of breaking the Sabbath by eating the heads of grain in the field. Yeah. You know, and he's look, I'm the Sabbath. I'm Mm -hmm. Lord of the Sabbath. It's about me, not about you and your strict laws, yeah. you know. So he says, uh, verse 2, For unto us was the gospel preached as well unto also unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. Verse 4, For he spake in a certain place on the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest." The rest is the thousand-year reign of Christ. Okay. That's the Sabbath. The day is a picture of it. We're not under that commandment today. It's the only commandment in the New Testament that's not repeated from the Old Testament to keep the Sabbath. Christ said, don't murder, don't, you know, all that. Yeah. But he said, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. So he took that away from people that want to be legalistic about it, you know. So if he's Lord of the Sabbath, then it's the thousand-year reign of Christ. Revelation 20, verse 4 says that they lived and reigned with him a thousand years. Okay. So we know that's a thousand-year period of time of the kingdom of heaven. It's it's when the Lord returns. The Son of Righteousness arises with healing in his wings. And it's the day of the Lord. It's the seventh day. Hmm. So if we say that six days God recreated the earth and on the seventh day he rested... If there's been 6,000 years from Adam to now, roughly, yeah. almost, then the Lord is about to return to bring in the seventh day. And since he was rejected 2,000 years ago by the nation Israel, yeah. they've been in darkness for two days, yeah, 2,000 years. And if you go back to Hebrew, uh, Hosea 6, um, he said... Um, after two days he will revive us, and the third day he will raise us up. But he, they also said, let me go back there. I was thinking I could quote it from memory, but I can't. I need to turn to the passage.
1: I'm going back to Hosea? Yeah. Okay. Verse
0: 1, chapter 6, verse 1. Okay. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. Malachi 4 said he was going to return with healing in his wings. How did Israel get torn and stricken or smitten by the Lord? Because they rejected him and they were scattered abroad and they've been persecuted, you know, in a sense. And then he says, after two days, will he revive us as a nation? Okay. And the third day will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. So I'm not 100% convinced that the two days was fulfilled and the revival of Israel took place in 1948. I think it could be a future time. Mm-hmm. This could be leading to that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not trying to be, you know, if somebody's going to accuse you of being anti Semitic for saying such a thing, but it's not my point. Yeah. I have nothing against Israel. I'm just trying to match the scriptures prophetically. Okay. You know, and so Christ was crucified in AD 33 mm-hmm. in the Julian calendar. 2,000 years later would be 2033. Isn't it interesting that the World Economic Forum has something called Agenda 2030?
1: Yeah. By very 2030,
0: they have a point. Could that be the midpoint of the tribulation? I'm not. You would saying, think
1: it's a midpoint and not the start?
0: No, the midpoint. What if it would? The midpoint is to bring everything to the point where the Antichrist can appear and say, "I'm God," the abomination of desolation. Okay. Paul said the mystery of iniquity is already at work, mm-hmm. so we know the wheels are in motion. So what if, this is just pure speculation, what if Christ returns in 2033? We don't know the year. Yeah. We don't know it. But if he did, the tribulation would have started seven years before that. So subtract yeah. seven from 2033, you get 2026.
1: 2026,
0: which is three years from now.
1: So we only have three years? <laughs>
0: I'm just We're throwing about. Yeah. <laughs> We're and, speculating. And if uh, that's the case, that could mean the rapture would happen in 2026. Hmm. We don't know that. But because, if the day with the yeah. Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day, could it be a formula for us working out the times and seasons? Yeah,
1: we don't know that because the Bible says we're not to know the day or the time. The hour. The hour, yeah. okay.
0: The day or the hour. And and so he's he's specific about it. But I'm just saying that it's interesting to note that God gave us some things here. So yeah. we can't know the hour, we can't know the day. But could we know the year? Could we draw conclusions from the scripture to say, and which is why uh, this is just further evidence to say that we could be in the last days. Yeah. You know, that we're approaching the time when we see the, re- the revealing, the disclosure of the UFO agenda. We're yeah. seeing uh, things mounting in the world that seems to be leading to a nuclear war, mm-hmm. which could be the precipitating event for Gog and Magog of Ezekiel 39. Uh, we do see a nation called Israel in the land today. Yeah. You know, whether they're legitimate or not, you know, God says they're going to be restored to their land.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and the only reason just I question... a lot of signs put, yeah. put in
1: the same direction.
0: The only reason why I question why they're legitimate, and it's not that I don't think they are, it's just that there's no belief in Jesus yeah. as a nation. Even their very symbol of their flag is satanic. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, why isn't it the menorah? Mm -hmm. Instead of the star of David, which was no such thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also in the time of the end, in the book of Revelation, uh, the angel of the Lord tells John about the synagogue of Satan. And he says, those that say that are Jews, but are not and do lie. So who is that? Hmm. I don't know who that is. Yeah. You know, but there is a synagogue of Satan and they're lying by claiming to be Jews. So it makes me wonder if, just as the Pharisees were truly not of the of the Lord, but they were of their father the devil, there's going to be some sort of a modern Pharisee type group hmm. that are the synagogue of Satan. I don't know. So it just makes me it makes me question everything in the modern world because yeah. how much of this is deception and how much of it is truth?
1: Well, it does seem that all the signs are pointing towards. A culmination of something happening. I mean, it's just so much. Like you said, with the uh, revealing of UFOs, like I mentioned in the beginning, the mothership, which has now appeared, or although no one's really covering it in the news, which I don't get. Right to me, it's the number one news story of all time, yeah. or not of all time, but in the you know the last recent years, we should be talking about it. Things are being revealed, but. You know, yeah. all the more for us to get out there and talk to people because we do Amen. believe the time is getting short
0: Amen, and by the way, good news for those of you that are listening to this uh, and might want to know more about this mothership we're going to be interviewing our guest Sylvia McKelvey again Okay. very soon, she's the author of Storm on the Horizon Yeah. and she's got some things to say about the I mothership I can't wait to hear that one <laughs> so tune in folks and stay tuned for uh, that coming up here hopefully in the next few weeks
1: Awesome. John, thank you. Yeah, it was a good show. And I like it.
0: Thank you for listening today. Appreciate all of you that would tune in for us. To hear a couple of knuckleheads talk about the scriptures. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you very much and hope that you stay safe and uh, stay sober and watch. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, Please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode, and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. We'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber.
1: Absolutely, and keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach.
0: So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget, it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com, and thanks again for joining us today.